This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Evening and welcome to Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm Paul and this is the United Before Fergie podcast. If you're watching this live on YouTube and Facebook, uh, please subscribe, like and leave comments and we'll get around to answering them as much as we can. If you're watching this on the repeat, hello, um, you can listen to us on the, the audio podcast of your choosing. And tonight's topic, now, where do we start? There are There have been many, many great players that have worn the number seven shirt at United, the legendary number seven shirt, going back as far as Johnny Berry, for the Busby Babes, of course, you've got the likes of Willie Morgan and Bestie, Stevie Koppel, and more recently, Eric Cantona, David Beckham and Cristiano Ronaldo. But whenever the, the topic of the number seven shirt comes up, there is only one man that fills that gap. And people will disagree with me, and that's fine. Um, that man is Brian Robson. And I'd like to welcome to the show uh, Chris Lepkowski, who is former head of um, media at West Bromwich Albion who's going to talk about Brian Robson from the West Bromwich Albion perspective. Bear in mind, we signed him from West Brom. Also, like to welcome Dave and Mike, uh, both massive United fans. As you can see, they're rocking the United uh, retro tonight. Uh, evening, gents. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, Excellent. yeah great, Paul. Yeah, cheers. Excellent. Right. How, how do we get the ball rolling on this one then? Robbo. <laughs> um, Dave, do you want to start? Robbo. What, when you hear the name Brian Robson mentioned, what, what springs to mind? What, where, where are we going with this? Brian Robson, what can you say? He's an absolute legend and then so he's my, if I'm picking the greatest ever United team, he's, he's there first on the team sheet for me. The best player that I've ever seen play. Um, and we, we spoke just before we went live about you never, never meet your heroes. So, and then when you actually, all I would say is if you can meet Brian Robson, meet him because he is. He, he does what he says. What he, you know? What, what's on the side of the can? That's him, Brian Robson, Captain Marvel. What a bloke! An absolute legend. Um, you know, he's growing up as a kid. You know, when you're like I was ten years old, I think I was when he signed for United, and just couldn't believe it. The drive and the determination of Robbo is incredible. You think what he achieved, and then you think about all those injuries as well. 
And what else could he achieve? What was it 460 odd games, I think, for United? And all the, you know, the FA Cups. What else could we have done if he hadn't have had those injuries? If his if his shoulder hadn't fallen off about three times, um, and his legs and that, you know, he's just, yeah, it's just Rob. He's just United, isn't he? He is United, Brian Robson, through and through. One hundred percent. And we'll and we'll talk about the injury thing a little bit later. I think it's a really, it's a really interesting question. Is what could, what could United have achieved um, had those injuries not uh, not happened, Mike? When you hear the word, the name Brian Robson, what does it what does it mean? What does it conjure up for you? First, first of all, he was, he was just my absolute hero. I worshipped the guy. I badgered my parents for a pair of New Balance boots. I tried to model my game around him when I was playing in the street for the school. Um, I still get goosebumps now just talking about him. And I'm a 51-year-old man getting goosebumps about a guy who played, you know, his, his prime 40 years ago. Um, when I knew I was coming on this podcast, I just tried to think of, of certain things that he did. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk in depth, I'm sure, about the 85 Cup semi-final replay and the, the Barca game, if you was lucky enough to be there. I'm sure we'll go into depth with that. But it was just, as you said, Paul, at the beginning, the the way 40 years or 30 years after his career finished, how much the guy is idolised by United fans. And that speaks volumes that, as Dave said, he would be A, the first on my sheet and, and be the captain. He would captain, he'd be in the centre of the park with um, Georgie on the right and um, Bobby just in front of him. But he would be captain. Big Dunk would be at the back, but Robbo would be captain. And I think that says volumes about his style and him as a person. Oh, 100%. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, as I mentioned to you guys, I had the, um, the fortunate, uh, you know, fortunately, I, I, I managed to, I got to meet uh, Brian and it was everything I expected. You know, just very... Very down to her, down to earth, very humble. You know, he he much appre he appreciates the fact that he's still, I wouldn't say loved, he's adored by yeah, a absolutely. a certain generation of United fans. Not saying every United fan, because I don't think that's that's right, but certainly a, a generation. I mean, Mike, you're fifty one, I'm fifty one. Um, so you know, we 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 come, we grew you know, similar ages and born in the same time and, and grow up um, idolising Robbo. I mean, Robbo alongside Norman Whiteside and Sparky were my, yeah. were my childhood heroes. Absolutely, um, yeah. but, but Chris, I want to I wanted to ask you the same question, actually, but from a West Bromwich Albion perspective, yes. obviously that's that's where he came to United from. And as a man who's who, who knows Brian um, as much as you do, it's what's the feeling around West Brom amongst the West Brom fans of our age? That would have seen Robbo playing a young Robbo playing in that, I mean, the quite magnificent team in the seventies. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. What's the what's the feeling around West Brom with regards to Robbo these days? Ex-manager, ex-player, yeah. is he as is he as revered at West Brom as he is at United? No, but there are caveats to this, and I'll, I'll go back to the first game he played for United at the Hawthorns after he joined United. Um, I wasn't there. I was a bit too young. I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you guys. I'm 47, 48. 
Um, but I, I have friends who went to that game and they said they'd never heard such hostility towards an ex-player before. Mm. Now, time was a great healer and that changed. But that wasn't because they disliked Brian Robson. They didn't want somebody else to have Brian Robson because that's how important he was to what was a very, very good West Brom team. Um, I saw the, the Robbo documentary recently um, and Alex Ferguson got it right in that he was a better team, West Brom, than the team he went on to join at the time, Man United. Now, obviously, Man United flourished and, and West Brom went into decline around uh, after that period. Um, but he was, I think, with reflection now, there's a feeling, there's a feeling that he um, was probably one of the greatest players that's represented our club. Certainly the most celebrated footballer that's represented our club. And if I could give you an example of the the strange ways football fans work. In 1979, um, Laurie Cunningham had spent two years at West Brom um, and demanded a move. He demanded to leave West Brom he, and he moved to Real Madrid for nearly a million pounds. Brian Robson spent eight years at West Brom. Hmm. And when he made a move to, to Man United, um, he was a traitor. He was perceived as a traitor, somebody had done wrong. I honestly think had Brian Robson made a move to Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich, um, we'd be talking from a West Brom point of view as one of probably the greatest player ever. But there's always that little bit of an asterisk when it comes to West Brom fans. Not by me, I should have, because um, Mike, Dave, I was nodding along to a lot of what you said. I was a West Brom fan, but I had Brian Robson posters on my wall hmm. of him wearing Man United club and wearing Man United shirts, <laughs> um, which must sound perverse. Um, but that's what he meant to me. Um, now, I don't remember him at West Brom, but I grew up and my first season watching... Uh, football was about 83-84. I remember the Brighton Cup final. And the first final I really watched from start to end was the 85 Cup final. And I remember that semi-final, that incredible goal. Um, and I wanted to be him, you know. Um, I liked Glenn Hoddle. I liked, obviously, Cyril Regis. I liked Chris Waddle, players like that. But I loved Brian Robson. And, you know... In, in some respects, I feel a bit of a fraud on behalf of the Albion fans because the Albion fans will be saying, okay, <laughs> but I might not because um, he was just such a special player yeah. in that West Brom team. And, um, you know, the, what I will say about him, there are players from that team. John Wall, I know certainly, is one of them who is the big bruising centre-half who Joe mm -hmm. Jordan got to know intimately. Yeah. Um yeah. Who, who always said that he felt Brian played his best football at West Brom. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that because I, I wasn't there to see that, but, you know, that's somebody who played with him. What I will say um, is that West Brom brought him through brilliantly and he had the best possible um, coaches with Don Howe, yeah. um, Brian Whitehouse, who gave him his debut, and then John Giles, who, I mean a world-class footballer in itself. And John Giles did the best thing he could have done, which is a lot, what a lot of managers did back then, 
he played Brian in different positions around the pitch. He wore the three shirt, he wore the two shirt, he played at the back, he played on the wing to educate mm. him. And I think that we're here now talking about him in the way and the tones that we are because of that education that he had at West Brom. Mm. Can I, you um, think, you know, sorry, to say, you know, sorry. oh, go on, Mike, no, go on, here you go. Can I just ask Chris, do you think when you talk about how he was disliked for leaving, and that took me back a bit. But then, as, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, if I was a West Brom, Brom fan and my manager went, and then Remy Moses went, and then Robbo goes to, in a short space of time to the same club, mm. then I can understand why that feeling might have been there rather than whether it had been slightly less if it, just Brian had gone and Ron and Remy had stayed. Yeah, I mean, it was a different culture back then. You know, transfers, there were generally two or three transfers a season for each club where we, you know, you had one substitute. Um, you didn't need to blow blow to your squads in the way they have to. Now, I think a transaction like that wouldn't be unusual back then to lose not only your manager, but um, two of your best players. Because Remy Moses wasn't a bad player either, no, by the way. No. Lose two of your best players... Um, to to um, Man United and and it's actually quite strange that um, uh, Ron Atkinson is possibly viewed in a negative light by West Brom fans for that okay. same same reason because he walked out to join United. Um, it wasn't his fault. The club didn't give him a new contract. No. Um, there is a backstory to that in that um, a director called Tom Silk was tragically killed in that plane crash and he was the guy who was going to bring Albin into the um, 1980s kicking and, and, and breathing and build new stands and he died and, and Ron felt that the ambition died with Tom Silk and he wasn't pinned down to a contract, it was very easy for him to go and join United who wouldn't have joined United then and um, it, if, if anything there's more vitriol to, to Atkinson maybe these days if that's the right word, from a certain generation of Albion fans than there is to Brian, who, to all intents and purposes, made the right decision because of all he went to, on to achieve. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Can I just add to that West Brom uh, story as well? Is that okay, Paul? Yeah. Um, you go for yeah. it, mate. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned there, uh, Chris, about how he was brought through the uh, the ranks, where, you know, for the coaches. Don Howe, fantastic. What a, what, a, what a player as well, playing for the baggies. Um but I do know what they did say, Robson, when he first joined, that he was too small and he wasn't strong enough, wasn't he? Yeah. So I think they, didn't they put him on a diet of sort of like a Guinness and stout and steaks right. and things like that to yeah. build him up? Because he was yeah. actually so, um, Yeah, you know, he did. Yeah, yeah. So, and he was, um, and like you say, he did play in different positions. He played centre-half, left-back. I think that's because Johnny Giles wanted to still play in midfield. I think that's part of it as well. <laughs> so, but no, Robbo was, um, and don't forget the perm as well. He had the perm, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> At uh, West Brom, so that was, a, that was obligatory for the seventies, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, it was. Yeah. But didn't he break his leg? I know you're going to talk about the injuries, but he broke his leg twice at the baggies. Like I think it was. Um, I yeah, think it was three times three, in a year. Three times, yeah. 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 Um, back then, he broke it in the same as his return game. That's right, and and you're absolutely right. He was put on a, a diet um, to build him up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting because Gary, his brother, actually. Mm emerged at West Brom just as yep. Brian left. He's yep. about nine years younger. Mm -hmm. And Gary was so slightly built 
Mm. Um, he was about five foot six. Yeah. So you kind of saw what Brian might have stayed at had he not been put on that diet at a time when he was still growing. So, mm. you know, and, and he really did, um, he, he really did fill out in a, in a positive way. I know that Brendan Batson, and I'm, I'm ghosting Brendan's book at the moment. Mm. He actually said that for about 18 months from about 1979 to about that 81 season, 80, 81, there was no better player in the league. Mm. Brian, the, the, he was the player of the, mm. the first division, and you know, West Brom didn't actually have a great time around then. They finished mid table in 1980 and fourth in 81. Mm. Um, but it was because of him, and it was because mm. he was injured the previous year that they they fell away a little bit. But that's mm. how important he was to that particular side. Yeah, you made a really good point, a little just a little bit earlier, Chris, about um about how Robbo was seen as one of the best players at West Brom in their history, or certainly around that time. You look at the players he played with as well. That's no mean feat. Yeah. When you had, you know, the Laurie Cunninghams, the, the Sil Regis, yeah. the, the, the Brendan Batsons, yeah. you know, those great, great players. And, and let's be fair, that West Brom and Jalvin team in the late 70s was just incredible. They were um, so Nelson. exciting to watch, weren't they? You got, uh, gave United a lesson in football in, was it, oh, yeah, December 78? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh, don't forget Len Cantillo as well. He was some Cantillo, player. Tony Brown, just, yeah. just some amazing. Yeah, and then for, played for him as well. Yep, yeah, and then for, for, for them, you know, for Robbo to be recognised as one of, the, of one, of the great, one of the great players, it's, mm. I think it's testament to his ability and the fact that, you know, you obviously, you obviously saw something in, in Robbo at, at West Brom that... Um, that the others, you know, we would all come to know and love. But it's interesting, a good point about, about um, Ron Atkinson as well. There's more victory over him at West Brom than yeah. there is Robbo. Yeah. Is that not just because he went from West Brom to Man United, which arguably, you know, they say United job is, the manager job is the, is the biggest job in the world. And that's down to opinion. But is, was it because he then come back for Robbo? Was that always part of the deal that when Ron goes... Robbo was, um, I think in, in Robbo's book, or I've, I've seen an interview, he was, um, might have been his documentary actually, where he, he said that um, he, was, he wasn't particularly happy with the with what West Brom would, the, sort of the project, I hate the project, but what was going on at that time, there was no, they, he was told that if he signs a new contract, there'll be, you know, we're bringing more players, we'll do this, we'll do that. And, and that never quite happened. And he, mm. and then when Ron, you know, got the job at United, was it just, a natural progression for him to to follow, you know, and obviously Remy Moses as well went as part of the deal to to follow into United. It, it, is it because of that 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 Ron isn't perhaps you know yeah. flavour of the month at West Brom rather than the fact that Robbo left and went to United? I think so, and it, you know what Brian said or alluded to in in your it's just in the book you said that stems back to that to the death of that director because. Everything froze because this guy, Tom Silk, he was the de facto chairman. Um, Bert Millichip at the time was in the process of um, progressing from from being our chairman, our club chairman, to becoming head of the FA. So Tom Silk assumed the role of de facto chairman. And there was a real vibrance about Albin and the fact that they were going to build this um, team of the 80s. And it never happened because of uh, the tragic aircraft accident. And... It, it meant a lot of the players and, and Ron Atkinson were left in limbo with contracts. Contracts weren't signed off. Talks never continued. And Brian fell into that category. And, of course, he started to get called up 
by England, which um, took a, a huge Birmingham Mail campaign by one of my predecessors at the Birmingham Mail, a um, guy called Ray Matz, who um, was campaigning to get Robson picked. And when Robson did get picked, of course, he was speaking to other players, finding out what they were earning. Um, yeah. And I think Atkinson said, you know, he said it a few times, that he took Moses, he took Robson, he, he wanted Derek Statham, who was probably the outstanding English fullback at the time. I but, agree. But was maybe a little bit too advanced for his, his time because... Kenny Sampson was a much more functional defender, albeit a very good one. Kenny Sampson was a, a Derek Statham was a very attacking fullback. Yeah. Yeah, um, so he, he wanted Statham. Um, there was talk of um, Cyril obviously <laughs> going in. So I think Robson would have taken half the team had he had the chance. And yeah, yeah. it was things like that. And of course, Ron's um, want to disclose that and be a friend of the media as he always has been and he's a good man Ron is um, in that respect it, it wound up Albion fans and that, that kind of rebounded on to Brian yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah it's interesting how they how, how things all viewed from that from that perspective um, I want to just I've never seen a player signed on a football pitch with a table <laughs> and the chairman <laughs> and the manager on the pitch no. um I've, I've never seen it since. We've yeah. seen players paraded, that, yeah. that, which, which, is, which is fine. I know he's it's, pure gold. This is what Ron said. He's, he's pure yeah. gold. You know, there's he's signed yeah. the best player. A, in the can, can I? You just oh, mentioned that pure gold, Paul. Can oh, I just mention yes. something about that? I use, I use that. I use that line in my wedding speech. Did you? <laughs> yeah, he's not, was it, he's not a risk, he's pure gold. It was something like that. Yeah, it's not it? a risk, yeah. Yeah. Talking about my future wife, Rachel, saying that this, just like Ron Atkins has said, it's not a risk, she's pure gold. So that's what I said about oh, I was say that you are pure gold, it's not a risk for her because you're pure nah. gold. You know? <laughs> you know, so, uh, but, I, I, mean, did, I did get a few handshakes afterwards from fellow United fans, you know. You know I mean, what, what, a, what, a, what a way to. To announce, I mean, obviously, Ron knew a lot more than we did at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. He knew how good Robbo was um, and what he was going to bring to this United team. But to get him on the pitch <laughs> and to sign in front of, um, of of the the Old Trafford crowd just before the Wolves game, which a previous guest, I mean, McElroy's got a hat trick in, yeah, yeah. who arguably Robbo was brought in perhaps to replace. But yeah, yeah. What, what a I way think, to um, I mean, yeah. On, Mike. yeah, I think I've, I've thought about that a few times. If you're coming for one and a half million and smashing the British transfer record, um, and if you're not really into football as we guys was in the late 70s, I don't think he was as well known, even though he was a great player for the Baggies. I don't think he was well known in the general public and in casual football fans as um, maybe he should have been. So that statement of getting him on the pitch, the manager, Martin Edwards, I think that was just to enhance the um, the buzz around him. So I think that was that was a, a really clever PR um, stroke by United to do that. Um, did you think it's uh, also was Ron's way of uh, of kind of announcing he was here and 
to ingratiate himself with yeah. the United that, you know, we've got the West Bromwich Albion manager. Um, what's he going to bring to the table? What's he going to do for us? And all of a sudden they bring out the, um, the table from the canteen, <laughs> the table from the canteen or whatever it was, yeah, and, yeah. and actually getting to sign on the pitch. I've never seen anything the like before. And, you know, if, if we knew then what we knew now, you go, you know what, that's, <laughs> was worth every single minute of, of, yeah. of, of that happening um I've, I've had i've had uh, many comments on on facebook and on twitter um about other fans with their perspective of brian so i just want to read a few of those out um as well uh, one from stanny now this was at the 99 this was the champions league final and he says we're out and about in the bars before the game and my mate said you'll be gutted uh robbo was in one of the bars before and he was gutted he missed him they said he was with viv anderson then, after the game, went to a bar and saw Viv Anderson and asked him where Robbo was and kept telling him he was his hero, etc., etc. Viv Anderson said to him, look down there. And Robbo was having a press-up competition with some random Spanish guy. <laughs> Definitely drunk. He got up, shook my hand and signed my programme. Yeah. What an absolute legend he is. Mm. Stanny, I... <laughs> he absolutely was. Uh, Jay Marley says about scoring against France within... Um, 27 seconds. I mean, that's yeah. we're never going to forget that. Go, you know, we, you know, mm. just sitting down to to enjoy your cup of tea or whatever it was, and, and he pops up and we beat France. What was it three one on the day? I think yeah. and he scores after 27 yeah. seconds. Yeah. United since O'Farrell for me. Now this is this is interesting. He is our best signing in my lifetime. He's 64 years old, out on his own. No player come near him for his input in the United shirt during his career. He is an example to every young player starting out. If you want it enough, you will achieve greatness. Um, and, and, and that kind of feeling is, is you know, comes time and time and time again. I am Jonathan says, saw him play many times. He was magnificent. I remember in games, him in games where he'd come back from his first game after a long injury layoff and he was the best player on the pitch. At times, he was. it was like watching a kid from the under-16s playing in the under-14s league, head and shoulders above um, you know, and, and this is this is not an uncommon um, uh, thought process when it comes to to Robbo in terms of um, you know the, the comments that, I, that I've had. I've and I can honestly say I have never had a negative comment from anyone who's followed United um, for many many years. Um, you know, Mike, at the, at the very beginning, you mentioned the eighty-five. Cup final replay um, against that lot, and a quite magnificent goal from Robbo. The little yeah. sidestep from Gordon Strachan plays it through the. Is it, is it, is it, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It plays it through the gap. Robbo's onto it. And I remember Robbo saying, because I think, was it Mark Lawrence or Hanson was chasing him down? No, Ronnie yeah. Whelan. Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie Whelan. Whelan. Yeah. He yeah. Hasn't, and I remember him saying he hadn't got the legs for it. Um, so he, he got within 25 yards and just mm. let it fly. And yeah. You know, it was um he 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 says that was his greatest goal. Yeah. Um and I was lucky to be at both games. The first game mm -hmm. he scored the first at Goodison mm -hmm. um off of Sparky's back of Sparky's legs. Um mm -hmm. which as a side note, many people say was the most brutal game they ever witnessed as a supporter. Mm -hmm. It was it was pure hell really, wasn't it? especially before the game. And you know, I was, my dad ran the North Devon Supporters Club. So I, I would travel from, uh, from North Devon to Old Trafford every home game. And 
our bus got stoned on the way out going through the streets of Liverpool. Um, so it was, you know, as a 13 year old, it, it was a frightening experience that day. Mm. Fast forward four days. Um, I've always been amazed that Robbo scored important goals, but also at really important times during the game. Yeah. So that semi-final, uh, yeah, in 85, um, whereas we dominated the first game, the first half of the semi-final, Liverpool, it was all Liverpool. They got one up. Steve Nicholl missed an absolute sitter in, from eight yards out, if you remember, to make it 2-0. Mm. At which time I think it had been game over. Um, second half, within seven or eight minutes, Robbo pulls that goal out of the bag. Totally changes the, the complexion of the game. Not only a goal, but a goal of such magnitude and such brilliance. Mm. You know, I was in the Kipax, everyone was going delirious, and you could see a sea change. And really, after that goal, Liverpool didn't really threaten at all. So, mm. not only did he score great goals, he scored important goals at really important times mm. of the game. Semi final against Arsenal, for instance, 1 0 down half time. Yep. One of my favourite goals, the chest to get in front of mm. the defender and then hit the ball on Cleffer when falling. I think it's just pure class. And once again, the whole sea change of the game mm. changed in that one moment. Yeah, you're right. And, and, you know, what a left foot the, the man had as well. You know, you don't often, you know, FA Cup semi-final replay, the pressure's on and you pop it in from 25 yards and it yeah. <laughs> sits in the top corner and you know you, you make you, you also make a really good point Mike, there about the change in in the dynamics once he scores that goal in the 83 the semi-final when he scores the goal united then up their game yeah. and the opposition then don't look as if they're going to get back into it and of course sparky pops up with another absolute perler and and, and of course we'll know norman's volley um, in, in, in the Arsenal game. Do you think that, that kind of sums Robbo up a little bit? Is when, when you know, when, when the captain of your side pops in important goals like that, the rest of the team just, the, 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 the whole vibe of the team just lifts and yep. this man is driving us on. We, we need to really pull our socks up here because I dread to think what would have happened if Robbo had been injured and he hadn't played in those two games. Would we have you know, would we have won the cup in '83? Would we have won the cup in '85? I really don't know. I think it's a really, well, obviously, we'll never know. But it's it's that's it's, the point it's, it's the mark, Mr. Mark of the Man. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Mark of the Man, isn't it? Go on. Sorry, go on, Mike. That's the point. I'd, I'm, 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 I'm good to make maybe later, um, or I can make it now. Is, a, is I think the mark of him was not what he did on the pitch, was also the effect on United's mm. performances league standing when he was injured so um in the 83 milk cup final he was injured didn't play lost to liverpool yeah. mm. um the following season we beat arsenal at home 4-0 in uh, march beat barca 3-0 on the wednesday mm. top of the league liverpool lost on the friday to southampton top of the league flying mm. thinking we're going to win the league here, as yeah. we all did. Had that mad dream of seeing United win the league because I wasn't young mm. enough. Mm. He gets injured, and the league form nosedives. Yeah. 
we, we play Juve. He's he's missing for both games, and we and we lose, admittedly, the last five minutes. Paolo Rossi, but without our talisman, without our driving force, without at the time the best midfielder in Europe. Yeah. So his his absence was just as telling as his performances on the pitch. Mm, absolutely. Well, he was driven, weren't he? he? He used to drag people up, didn't he, with him? Yeah. So, well, come on, lads, let's get going. Let's get this. Let's win this. And you you go back to that 83, 84 season, Mike. Um, I went to I went to Villa Park. It was March um, March eighty four. Um, we have to say we're top of the league. We won three 0 at Villa Park, and it's the best performance I've ever seen of Brian Robson. And it, it wasn't on the telly either. I can't I can't, still can't find it now on YouTube. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. We, we thrashed Villa three 0 Could have been more than that, um, and we got it. But that midfield we had at the time, it was we had Moses, Robson, Wilkins, and Muran. And that team was just fluid. It was except Stapleton and Whiteside up front. And then, like you said, within a week or so, three of those players were injured. There was only Wilkins left for the uh, yeah. Juve game in the Cup. We'd have won the Cup in this Cup that year. Could have won the league. Absolutely. We should have won the league. So I remember crying on the way home after we lost against Ipswich Town 2-1. Mm-hmm. Remember that, Mike? And yeah. Liverpool won 5-0, won the league again. Yeah. Oh, dear, dear, dear. I, I cried. I listened to the Juve game with all my mates who were yeah. United supporters, and most of them came up. On the coach mm. from North Devon mm. to watch the games, yeah. Yeah. and I remember when the um, I still remember it now being mm. in a field where we used to play football, listen to an old transistor radio, yeah. like Radio Two as it was at the time, sports. Yeah, yeah, same. Yep. And um, yeah, when when the final whistle went of the, of the mm. second leg, I mm. literally burst into tears. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I know exactly the feel. It's really yeah, so so close. Yeah. And, and Robson talks about that, saying about the team. You know, his injuries and maybe one or two games against the lesser teams, if you like. They, you know, we'd beat Liverpool nearly every season or draw against them. Yeah. But we yeah. wouldn't, against the lesser teams, we'd just mess it up. Or we have a nil-nil or something. They just, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what it was. Well, we had that, we had the member that changes, guys, does it? No, no, Nothing we had changes. that period <laughs> where we were. All right, Paul, it's been all right. <laughs> you remember that period I've got, I've got, when we. I've gone, sorry, go on, Mike, now. You remember that period when we. I think we were two up at Stoke and lost three two. Two up mm. at Forest and lost three two. Sunderland see, as well. Sunderland. We seem to like mm. um, drag defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, we were quite regularly good at that, that time. Yeah, we were quite good at that. I think yeah. um, the other thing to consider is that even though he looked a lot older than he was, when Atkinson was still quite a young manager. You know, mm. he was only in his forties. Liverpool had the whole. Um, boot room culture they they shankly left paisley came in paisley left fagan came in and they just seemed a lot more streetwise in a lot of the games from my memory in that you mentioned um one of you mentioned that they would lose to the lesser teams well Mm. that that sort of endemic of of a team that maybe um needs just that little bit more um that, that more resilience when it matters needs to respond to what teams do when they lift their game against a club like United. And I know that when Atkinson took West Brom into Europe for the first time in the UEFA Cup and they played against Belgrade and the players to this day say that they were so naive that night because Atkinson hadn't taken a club into Europe before and um, that they were 
instead of trying to see the match out like Forest did or Liverpool did, yeah. they were they were bombing on and, and they got caught on the break. Belgrade scored um, and and knocked them out. I think by then Atkinson had obviously managed in Europe with United and and had certainly wised up to that. But I just wonder if maybe some of his management at times was. I'm mindful of being critical because he's up against managers at Liverpool who who obviously had won a lot more. I just wonder if Liverpool knew how to win yep. more than yeah. Albion did, yeah. uh, more than United did in terms of trophies and, and see out that pressure that maybe games against the lesser clubs bring. Yeah. No, I think that's spot on, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did. They knew how to yeah, win absolutely. as well. Yeah. And I think Robbo said they actually drank more as well. So I think that helped them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, that's right. It was always, you know, United team were, you know, known as a team of drinkers. But um, and certainly, Robbo said this. I believe Norman Whiteside has said it is that Liverpool could drink them. You know, was it were, were their equals? But they they just knew how to to pull yeah. the leagues out of the bag. But but Chris, was it was it any was it any surprise to see Robbo go on and have the career that he had at United? Was that was that was was expected when he when he left the Albion? Was this you know, he's going to go and do great things? Yeah, I think so. I think that there was a a feeling that he was a special footballer. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, Paul, that he he had this great left foot. I saw not long back on Twitter he's he's goals for England, right. um, and I think I can't remember was it twenty twenty six goals for England, and the best goals were his right foot, yeah. his wrong foot, and you're thinking this guy had everything, and mm. because. Giles, a bit like he did with Cantelo, made him shift around the field earlier in his career. He grew into recognising every single role he could have played. And mm. a lot of the guys from that team said, we could have put him at centre-half. He'd have been the best centre-half in the country. We could have put him at front with Cyril. He'd have scored 25 goals because he could do everything. And that was the thing with Robson. It wasn't a, a fact of um, what he can do. It's what he couldn't do. And there was very little he couldn't yeah. do. It was, if there was one criticism, one weakness he had, it was his tendency to pick up really annoying injuries at the wrong time, which you can do little about. Mm. But he, as a footballer, I actually think as a footballer, he's underrated. I, mm. I, I get yeah. a little bit miffed when I hear people talk, oh, he's got this great engine, he's a great tackler, he, he grabs teams by the scruff of the net. Actually, technically... He's one of the best English footballers of the post-war. But because he's so good at all the other stuff, we mm. often forget that, you know, yeah. in the way that, you know, when we look at Glenn Ardell, for instance, we know he could rake a ball over 40 yards or 50 yards. Mm. Paul Gascoigne could slalom around defenders. Robson could do those things. He could do all of those things. And he often did those things, especially in the passing. And because he was so good at everything else, it kind of gets a little bit lost in the whole um, the, the whole CV of his career. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Going back to what you said about um, England. So he scored those two volleys against Israel and East Germany, mm. was it? Yeah. That's um, right. With his right, with his right peg. Mm. Um my favourite goal of him was actually, apart from the one at Main Road, was was the second against France in '82. Mm -hmm. <laughs> such a beautiful yeah. late late run, picked out, yeah. and there's an amazing photo of behind the goal. 
mm. where he's three and a half foot off the air, off the ground, yeah. sorry, yeah. stockings around his ankles, mm. just left his head, beautiful mm. position. Um, and that, that summed, summed him up for me. Yeah. Um, but also with the England thing, he, he would chase lost causes when England would be like two, three up. Mm. And the back end of one season, he, he went for a cross at the back post for England and done his hamstring. Mm. And it was like mm. they were cruising. And yet he, he didn't ha have the mindset to think, oh, I'm cruising, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just take it easy. I'll sit in the middle of the park and just, you know, mm. stroll for the next 20 minutes and we're finished. Yeah. He was chasing the lost cause at back yeah. post and, and pulled his hamstring, which mm. ultimately affected United. But once again, shows the type of player he was. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you you are right, Mike. And I'm going to touch on his injuries as well. Uh, I had an interesting comment on Facebook from Harold Wigwam. It's a great name. <laughs> Pity his injuries stopped his full potential. Um, did we see ninety percent of Robbo? Did we see the full Robbo? Uh, it, I, I, the mind boggles about had he not had those injuries, how good? I mean, he was the for me. And, and, and I'm sure for, for you, Mike, and for you, Dave, and for many, many thousands of United fans of our age, he was the greatest midfielder of his generation and any generation. You know, when you talk about England greats, when you talk about United greats, you cannot talk about an, a, a, a top, you know, a, an England eleven without mentioning Robbo. In, <laughs> in my opinion, had he not been injured in 86 and, and 90 in the World Cup, England, not saying they would have gone on to win the tournament, but certainly his driving force would have pushed them semi-finals and finals, yeah. certainly in Italia 90. Yeah. And the same with United. Um, mm. Had he not been injured as many as... I mean, a lot of people do focus on that. They forget the fact that he was everything... He was the complete midfielder and everything a midfielder should be. Mm. But he was... He did have these bad injuries, the shoulder particularly. Yeah. Mm. Um, how good could he have been? Had he been relatively injury free dave I'll, I'll start with you and we'll never know the answer to this question but i don't know how much better could he have got let's be, let's be I, no I, I i don't think he would be any better because he was he was 10 out of 10 every week he was it was brian robson the greatest midfielder player that i think we've sent a midfielder united have ever had but what would have happened is we would have won more trophies we would have won the league a couple of times in the early 80s that 85 86 run you know we won the first 10 matches and then we, then we got injuries. We, we played at West Brom. We won, won at West Brom 5-1 that season. Yeah. Robson got injured. Strachan broke his shoulder or collarbone. And it, and it all went downhill from there. So if Robson had had those injuries, we, we would have won. You know, we wouldn't have to wait until Fergie came to win the league. We would have done it um, with, with Robson. We were all in the League Cup in 83, as Mike said, definitely. So, you know, but to be, as it wouldn't have been any better. He just would have played more games and United would have been more successful. But I'm I'm happy just to, to what I've seen with Robson, that'll do me. <laughs> so absolutely brilliant. Oh, he was just outstanding. Like you say, it, very rarely did you go. Well, Robbo weren't very good today. It was you know others may not have been so good, but Robbo was you know the driving force, and he, and... And he could be good at seventy percent of himself as well. Yeah. To some games he played, he wasn't fit, but he was still better than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Norman Whiteside's on record to say that Robbo was the best player ever played with. Yeah, Paul McGrath yeah. has said very similar. Yeah. You know, you know, these guys played with him, trained with him, drank mm. with him, probably. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, week, week in, week out, and to 
Mm. And to say, actually, of all the players that they've played with, he is the best they've ever played with yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is such, you know, is the mark of the man. I mean, it's, mm. you know, we, we could sit here for hours and eulogise about Robbo, and, mm. and we probably will. It's probably yeah, gone yeah. for about four hours, this podcast. Let's carry on. You know, we, we, you, you cannot talk about Robbo, and Mike, you, you alluded to this a little bit earlier on, without Barcelona 84. I mean... Man, it just... <laughs> Every time I see any clip of it, I, I I get goosebumps all over. You know, forty, nearly forty years on. And, did you and, go? You know, and, and yes, I did. Yeah, oh, me. Yeah. We had a coach hall from North Devon. Yeah. Um, and you, you guys have heard this a billion times. Don't think there ever will be an atmosphere like that night. Yeah. Not before. Yeah. Not before I've heard. And obviously, all to say there won't be an atmosphere like no. that again. No. Um, all the players mention it. I'm, I was lucky enough to speak to Ray Wilkins one day, and I said, mm. "Like you, you played in the San Siro, you know, Milan derbies. Have you ever witnessed a, a, an atmosphere like it?" And he was just mm. like, "No." And every player to a man, and every supporter to a man, woman, or child who was there say exactly the same thing. And I get, I get quite emotional when I talk about the game. It's yeah. it, it, it has affected me that much to the fact that I can go to my grave happy to knowledge that I was in that stadium that night. And it, 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 it's a, quite a profound thought for me and a, quite, a, mm. quite a profound night in my life. Obviously, the mm. birth of my children, marriage and stuff. But that, that's, that ranks among them because it, mm. it's 40 years and hopefully be another 30 years, whatever. Mm. I can still look back and remember the i was in a stand at the time you guys remember where a stand was um so, yeah so above uh, you know to the right of the tunnel as the players yeah. came out yeah. in the seats and mm. especially the second half the, the concrete floor was literally vibrating <laughs> with the noise and people jumping mm. up and down mm. and you know the the, the noise when, when frank scored the second mm. um his his volley against Everton in '83 in the quarterfinal <laughs> came a bit close to that, but it wasn't yeah. that. You know that was a that was a yeah. one hell of a noise as well. Mm. Um, but it it's the stuff of legend, right? That night, that night is yeah. And yeah. there's most probably two hundred thousand people who say they were there. Um, <laughs> I bet, <laughs> I bet it's central. There were two hundred thousand. Oh yeah, there's only what fifty six mm. and a half yeah. thousand of us. And, and again, he, he, you know, and, I, and I've uh, you know, and I. Um, I, I spoke to him a few years ago and he said it, Norman has said it, and I guess I would say any United player that played that night will always say that was the noisiest atmosphere they've ever heard mm. at United. And Robbo drove them on, pulled them yeah. up by the by, by the by the bootstraps and mm. you know and, and drove them on. And and I said I'm not going to mention it. But we very, very briefly, and I'm not going to get bogged down the whole Roy Keane, Brian Robson scenario. But my argument to this always has been and always will be, and this is probably going to happen a can of worms, people are going to disagree with me, all that kind of stuff, which is fine. I don't mind that. Is that Robbo was a world-class player, not surrounded by world-class players, yeah. bar, bar Norman and Sparky, in, yeah. in, in my opinion. Um, whereas... Kino was a magnificent player surrounded by brilliance. Yeah. Um, and he, if, if he was off injured, then you'd have someone like Nicky Buck come in and, and Scalzi and all the rest of it, and, you, and you'd rearrange it. But 
you wouldn't lose any strength in in the core of the team. Mm-hmm. You lost Robbo, and you're like, oh, okay. yeah. And that's no, and I'm not being, and I'm not being disrespectful to United players of of that time mm-hmm. because you know, as kids, we loved them. It doesn't matter who they were, we loved them. But mm-hmm. it just didn't have the same impact when when United lost Keane for any amount of time, for when United lost Robbo for any amount of time. And I yeah. think when, and, and again, you look at the pitches, you look at the, you know, the tackles. <laughs> The the, the, the the physicality of the game back in the 70s and the 80s, which you just don't get now. You know, nowadays it's snooker tabletop pitches. Back then it was, you know, mud and sand. You look at Old Trafford, the sand, Hartford, you know, from, yeah, from no, the but, circle right the way yeah. down, yeah? Um, yeah? And to be able to have that effect and that impact on the team to the point that Robbo did, if he wasn't there, and, and many, many people said to me on, on the social media, it was, there was a grown one up. If Robbo wasn't on the team sheet, it was like, oh, okay, we're, you know, if, if we get a draw, we're going to be done well here. Yeah. Whereas you didn't have, a, it didn't feel that when, when, when Keane was missing from the United team, you're like, well, he's missing, but we've, we're still strong enough to be able to do this. And, yeah. and, and, and for me, you know, you, he is the greatest captain Again, people disagree. We'll say Martin Buchan or maybe Roger Byrne and others. Um, but for a, a kid of, of of my age, that um, you know was, was in the teens back in the eighties, Robbo will always be a the number seven, and he'll always be captain. And I and, and I when and I and I've mentioned this a couple of times before. But I when I met him at Old Trafford, I actually called him Skipper. I don't know why. I just called him Skipper because he will always be Skipper to me. Mm. Um, yeah. Dave, and I, and I know you've got um, personal thoughts about Robbo as well that you that you you, you mentioned to me on um, yeah. when you when you yeah. when you messaged me. So I've got a, yeah, I've got a couple. To, you know, yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, Mike, you better you're sitting down, aren't you, Mike? Yes, so you're mate. all right with this one, mate. You won't you won't believe this, and I still can't believe it. Um, the my um, my aunt and uncle, my dad's oldest sister, they bought. Um, quite a nice apartment in Manchester in about 1981. Um, and it was uh, quite plush. They had a bit of money. It didn't come to us, but they had a lot of money, quite a bit of money. Um, and the person who moved into the apartment out across the uh, hallway was Brian and his wife, Denise, with their first oh, child. Mate. Right? Yeah, honestly. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And, and upstairs, Trevor Francis was living upstairs when he signed for Man City. <laughs> Right, this is crazy. So my dad was explaining it to me. You know, I'm ten years old or nine, ten, and I couldn't believe. It. I said, "When are we going?" You know, I couldn't believe it. So um, we went up there. My dad went up there first with my cousin, and they sorted out to get to Old Trafford. And my dad was in a wheelchair, so they had to sort out the, the, the how to work that out. Um, and then they had access to the change outside the changing room, you know, the old tunnel. Yeah. So they could have access there because the disabled enclosure was at the bottom of the tunnel. So we did that, and then I went to my first game in '82. So I, we stayed in the apartment. So we saw Robbo go to the game. He got in a black cab to go to the game. And then we go to the game. <laughs> we see him again there. And then we see him back. Um, and my dad actually stopped a BBC reporter from getting into the apartment block to talk to Robson. It's um, honestly, That's I just can't. I think those couple of years, it was crazy. And I've, I've met him since then. And I've spoke to him about it. And he remembers it. He, re- he doesn't remember, obviously, he doesn't remember me, but he remembers my auntie and my uncle. And he remembers living there because that was their first home. Well, they had the first child, and they then they moved on, moved on from there. But it was just incredible. And the the funny story is, I think my cousin Julie, she kept, um, I think it was a, a check from the BBC for twenty five pound that come for Robson, and she <laughs> kept it. So I haven't told him about it. So uh, yeah, 
it's um, incredible. You know, for a, for a young lad, that was just, yeah. it's just unbelievable. And then yeah. I've met him um, later on then in other, other, other games and other things. Um, but the, the thing that gets me, when they said about never meet your heroes, um, I said, yeah, you, Brian Robson, you've got, to, you've got to meet him. He's got a heart of gold. He's had his difficulties as well with cancer, you know, mm -hmm. with throat cancer. And if you remember that, when he was in Thailand, he had difficulties yeah. there. Um, my best my best buddy, my unofficial brother, uh, Rob, was battling leukaemia for the second time. Um, and we didn't know how it was going to go, and he, and he was a transplant, etc. So I wrote to Robson. I asked him, we were going to, we decided to go to Old Trafford, which potentially could have been our last trip to Old Trafford, me and my brother. So we thought we've got to do it before he has his transplant. I wrote to Robson. And I didn't hear anything back. I thought, well, he's too busy, etc. Um, and then a couple of we, we we went to the game with me and Rob, and it was really difficult, but we did it. And you know, so you know, we, we've done that. Two weeks later, I'm on my uh, tablet, and you know, when your emails pop up, and I've got an email, it come up Brian Robson. So Brian Robson emailed me to say, sorry, I missed it. I was away for my birthday, uh, celebrating a big birthday in Jamaica or something. Um, he said, you know, and he offered to help. So um, he did. I met him at Old Trafford. He signed some pictures for Rob. He spoke to Rob in the hospital the few days before his transplant. Wished him all the best. He did a message for him. He signed a shirt for Rob. We had pictures on his wall in the hospital. Uh, unbelievable. Rob couldn't, you know, it was just fun. It was just unbelievable. And he had all the time in the world to do that. Um, and Rob survived. Rob got through his Amazing. stem cell transplant. Amazing. He survived. Brilliant. And he's with us now. It's absolutely brilliant. So the first game back, which was about 18 months, something like that afterwards, it's against Chelsea, actually, we did it. And Robbo, um, he was really busy, but he, he, he gave us five minutes. We met him and we had a picture, um, the three of us. So, and uh, it was just unbelievable. The first game back when he, Rob survived was was so emotional for us. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, and then to meet Robbo as well, he was just, um, mm. so I've got it on my window ledge. I've got the picture. Uh, the three of us, and I'm the shortest out of the three of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Rob, Robson. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we wish Rob all, all the best as well. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Moving yeah. Yeah. What an amazing, um, Just, yeah, what an amazing course. story. Brilliant. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, and a really good and a really touching personal side that I don't want to say you don't hear those sort of things these days because you do. But yeah. it was just it was just a different environment, but just different than it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, even though they were superstars, we saw them as superstars. Yeah. They didn't see themselves as superstars. Yeah. They were footballers who played for Manchester United. That's it. That was the the bottom line. And I, and yeah. I think that just goes to show. Um, you know, that, 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 I don't, yeah. When I um, covered West Brom for the Birmingham Mail, um, Brian took over. And the players were all probably about my age now. Uh, so the I was then in my early 30s. They were all in their sort of early 30s, late 20s. They remembered Brian as a player and it was like they could not believe they were working and playing for this guy. I mean, Jeff Horsfield was one, for instance, who, who'd played for Kevin Keegan at Fulham. Um, he'd played for Trevor Francis at Birmingham, for Steve Bruce at Birmingham. And yet he said, but... I'm here playing for Brian Robson, you know, mm -hmm. Brian Robson. And when you put it into that context and your story, Dave, and I can't match mm -hmm. that at all, nowhere near, but mm -hmm. when my sister got married, um, Brian was manager of West Brom. And um, mm -hmm. I asked the um, one of the, uh, the camera guys at West Brom, I said, 
any chance you could get a message to her and her uh, husband because they're both West Brom fans. And Brian did it. And, and he did a message. We played it over the screen at the wedding. Um, Brian saying to Dot and Stuart, wishing you all the best at your big day. Sorry you can't be at the match today. Um, I hope you have a brilliant day and a great future. And it was just that small thing, you know. It was just those little things that, that make him um, such a force. You know, he's, he's not, he, he, he extends beyond football. Yeah. It extends beyond the great player because he has that presence that, um, you know, I think even by Brian's own admission, he's not the greatest orator necessarily when he speaks. Yeah. But he's got something about him that gives him that pull, that gives him that gravitas. Yeah, that, that aura. That people yeah. like Keegan, people like Steve Bruce, and to use the Jeff Horsfield example, couldn't compete with. Brian mm -hmm. had that. And there aren't many people around, even among footballers playing in the Premier League who have that kind of gravitas. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely spot yeah, on. A, a, yeah. Amazing. You know, the, the the player and the warrior that we knew on the field and the kind, humble, caring, gentle bloke off the field, but you're still <laughs> if, if, if I met him today I'd be like, oh my God, that's Robbo. If I could if I could I'm, share I'm one more of course you can share yeah, one more story with you. Um, yeah, we went on pre went on pre-season to Portugal, um, and it was the year Albion stayed up on the last day. Mm. So Brian was in a great place as a, a yeah. you know, that he'd won the fans back. And um we, we were over in Portugal and he gave the players a day off. I mean, the trip was a disaster results-wise, they'd lost every game. Um, but on the day off, he hired a yacht, <laughs> and these players are on the yacht. And um, Brian turns around and says, right, I'm going to swim back to the shore. Does anyone want anything? And a couple of the players, yeah, yeah get us some beers back with your gaffer. Mm -hmm. And um, he dived off the boat, swam back. And uh, and again, it was, I think, Jeff Orsfield said he looked over and he could see this bloke walking back with beers strapped <laughs> to his Brian. <laughs> Brian bought all these beers, strapped them up, strapped them to his arms in carrier bags, swam back mm -hmm. to the yacht. And he said... He said, honestly, at that moment, he said, I'd have done anything for him because, <laughs> you know, here's a guy who's nearly 50, mm. who's superhuman. And, you know, mm. he, he wasn't as fit as he used to be physique-wise. Mm. We could see that, but he mm. still had it. He still had that yeah. that intense warrior like yeah. nobody's getting past me, not even this stretch of water between <laughs> the bar mm. and the yacht, yeah. you know? Yeah. What yeah. a great, what a great story! Yeah. So you don't, and this is stuff you don't hear in mainstream media, yeah. and this is yeah. what makes it even even better. I'm, I'm, I've, I've had some amazing comments um, on Facebook. Darren Seddon lives in his hometown of Chester Street, and Robbo's photo is still on the wall of In Memories of India Restaurant. Mark Anthony <laughs> Dawson, my hero as a teenager, and me too, Mark. Watching United, what a player he was. Irvin Fisher, unbelievable player. Gaz Lewis, my hero. Um, an absolute machine, Ian Gregory. If ever there was a player that virtually carried the whole team on his shoulders, it was Brian Robson. Yeah. He'd be worth a minimum 150 million these days. Mm. That's a bit cheap. 150 yeah, million. Yeah. Billion. Billion. Met him at, in the Wally at Brooks Bar when he was knocking down the pile of pennies. He had some City player with him. I didn't say who. Uh, I think if we had him playing now, we'd have won the league, one of the best players we've ever had. Steve MacArthur, simply the best player ever to put on a United shirt. He had everything. Mm. Judith Jennings, the man who carried us in England, super guy. Martin Spencer, late 80s, Paddy Crerand had program fairs at his pub. 
I went in during one to see half the United first team in there recovering from the night before. I asked for a glass of orange and a packet of crisps. I was ill at the time and the seven stone ringing wet. Paddy would have none of it. He pulled me in pint and pint and said, we're getting breakfast inside you. Served to him by one Brian Robson. Um, Darren again says his only bad performance was in an episode of Jossie's Giants. He was the ultimate midfielder. Giants. Ah, this is Ant Dogs, I think was the next title. Oh, there. Sue Jones, oh yes, what a player. Put his head where angels angels feared to tread. A total mm. maestro in midfield. Definitely Captain Marvel and showed mm. him the way. She put a picture of a ball with rollable Robbo on it. Uh, United <laughs> will brighten the night. Uh, Steve mm. Norris, he was Man United in the 80s. And if he didn't have so many injuries, we won a couple we would have won a couple of titles. Glad he got the medals he deserved in 93 and 94. My greatest memory among so many great ones has to be Barcelona 84. And Mark Welsh said, I got invited to meet the team before the derby at Old Trafford in 86. My dad had written to Ron Atkinson about me and arrangements were made to meet the team before the game in the players' lounge. <laughs> Ron forgot. So Mick Brown took matters into his own hands and brought me into the dressing room to meet the players. I was told this was the first time anything like this had happened before. Robbo was returning from another injury to his shoulder and wasn't playing, but was there. When we, it, we were introduced, I refused to shake his hand in case I injured him again. I've, <laughs> I've regretted it ever since. United's greatest ever captain and midfielder. There are very few men, and he said this to me before, I'll admit to loving in public. Brian mm. Robson is one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, how do you... Echo all those. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. just, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. He invented the downward header to beat the keeper. Um, yeah, James James, James Rydell on Twitter says, a bit crap, I know. My nephew told me Robbo used to drink in the American bar in Hale and that he was a top geezer. Um, Tony says, I saw him coming out of a modest Derbyshire hotel on the day of the Forest FA Cup third round in 91. We'd set off early. I asked him if he was playing and he said no. That's the only time I've had United team news from the player himself. Simon Jackson met him at a local football club in Spalding. He was doing a dinner speech, was on the bud all night. He left at 1.45. Robbo was still going strong. <laughs> and Hassel waited. He'd waited since 81 to shake his hand. That's what he always wanted to do, just shake his hand and let him know how much I idolised him. And when I finally managed to meet him, it was two days before we went into the first lockdown, so we weren't allowed to shake hands. Unbelievable gutted. Mm. Some um, you know some brilliant stories of, of of people of United fans, and they still talk about you know it's it's just the, and it, it's just one of those players, right? That you just get emotion no matter how old you get. We'll be in our seventies and we're going Brian Robson, right? Let me tell you about Brian Robson and what yeah, yeah. he meant to United. Had he stayed fit, Dave, Mike, and Chris, this is question for for all of you. Where would United have gone? What would have happened had he been fit, never been injured? Leagues, what would we have won leagues? Will we have won Europe? Where do um, you, hindsight, I, of course, I think 80, well, that's alluded to earlier. Eight, we'd have won the league in 84 because yep. we were just flying, Liverpool yep. were stuttering. We just had that crucial momentum that everyone talks about in football. Yep. Um, you know, as supporters, I, I never thought we were going to lose a game in that, that February, March short period. So I think we'd have won the league that year. Mm. Um, 85, maybe not, because that Everton side were a great side. Good side, yeah. It hit their peak at the time. I, I don't think anyone would have beaten them that year. 
the following year, yes, we, I think we would have. 10 games unbeaten straight away. Once mm. again, playing amazing football. Um, and by the way, wearing that iconic strip for the first time with the two stripes. Yeah. Enough said about that. But obviously, mm. Robson gets injured against West Brom, as, um, as they said, as is Strachan. Mm. And, you know, still there or thereabouts. At Christmas, he comes back in the West Ham game, does his shoulder. That's the season finish. Yep. Um, so I think in that period of, of 84, 85, 86, I think we'd have won the league twice. I think mm -hmm. after that, obviously the team was getting old and, and it needed freshening up and it needed major overhaul. Um, mm -hmm. And I think as good as the man was, I don't think he was capable in 87, 88, 89, 90 mm -hmm. to drag us to the league title. I think, you know, um, God himself couldn't have done that. So, um, <laughs> but I think we, we'd have won a lot more than, than we did in that era. Mm. Well, things could have turned out a bit different, couldn't they? Um, if we'd have won in 85, 86, then the disaster of 86, 87 wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened, I don't think, because we would have had, we would have been league champions. We would have bought proper, we, would have, we, would, we wouldn't have been buying people like Peter Davenport and Terry Gibson. Terry Gibson. Yeah. And Colin Gibson playing him, a good player, but playing him in centre midfield because Robbo was injured. Yeah, yeah. So, but then if you think about it, if that if he would have stayed fit and we would have won the league at that time, then Fergie would never have been in the in the equation. Double-edged sword, isn't it? So, you know, so <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a real funny one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I'd, if I could go back in time, I'd, I'd let us win the 83-84 season. And then, then I'll let everything else take its turn. And then yeah. Fergie. Oh, I totally that, agree. That will do me. And then also, <laughs> Robson should have been the substitute in his last ever game in the Cup Final, 94. He shouldn't have been... Um, he picked and Claire I, and... Was it... Is, uh, isn't that a decision that Fergie regrets now? He come yes. out and said, I, he should yes. have played him. Yeah. Um, and he's yeah. even, even gone on record saying he's his best ever captain. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he, yeah. I mean, he captain United for that long with with, with, with mm. Sir Alex. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, and, I've, and I and I I said to to Robbo another one when I met him um, I said to him um, if any United player during my lifetime has deserved to win a league winners medal it mm -hmm. was him yeah yep. without a shadow of a doubt it was yeah. um, and, and, and Chris do you think United may have gone on to to have dominated the league in, in sort of the mid late 80s for that that little stretch between kind of 84 85 and then into the late 80s or do you think the wheels might have fallen off as the guys I think, um, I think I agreed with Mike who uh, and Dave who, who cited 84 and 86 I think the period uh, I think the period that um, followed Heisel was an mm. interesting one mm. I think Ron Atkins signs, um, and Dave alluded to the Gibsons and mm. Uh, Davenport, maybe Turner, they weren't quite as good as the players they were replacing. Yeah. And yeah. I think Heisel had a big impact on English football anyway in, in terms of players leaving. Um, obviously, Everton felt it, but United did as well, um, mm -hmm. with Hughes going and and whatever. So it's very difficult. I'll, I'll, I would say that I think a younger, slightly younger Brian Robson would have got you over the line in 91, uh, 92. Against yes. Le when Leeds were the yep. other, because I thought that was a fairly, mm -hmm. it was okay that Leeds team, but I thought a, a younger Brian Robson would have carried it there. Yeah. And I totally agreed with um, Paul's 
observations about the 86 and 90 World Cup. I think in 90, he would have been absolutely ideal for the um, Mark Wright role that Mark Wright went on to play. Had Bobby Robson made the changes that he did subsequently and, and reshuffled the system as he did into playing a sweeper, um, maybe it would have been Brian playing behind the, the defenders in the way Mark Wright did. I think that might have suited him. Maybe yeah. he would have stayed in midfield. I don't know. But mm. I certainly think in 86, they would have been more competitive against Argentina. And I think in 1990, he maybe would have been a calming influence on Paul Gascoigne when he really needed it most. Yeah. 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 Can, I, can, I mention, can I mention the 86? Um, so when Maradona scored that goal, about a minute later, I was, what, 15 at the time? I turned to my dad and said, if Robbo would have been playing, he wouldn't have got anywhere near the penalty box. Mm-hmm. He, he'd either took the ball or took him out. Because yeah. you watch mm-hmm. a footage, poor, poor Peter Reed is just like, you know, yeah. he's yeah, just yeah. dying He's dying on his ass, and he's even yeah. trying to get keep up with him. Poor old Terry Fennick, I think it was, he was already on yeah. the booking. Mm-hmm. He couldn't touch him. Mm-hmm. And... You know, to this day, I think as great as a goal it was, it pains me to say, mm. I, I don't think he'd have made it into the box. Yeah, yeah, he would have took him out, wouldn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I, I absolutely, yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike, which is why I mentioned earlier on. I think England would have maybe gone on to win one of those two yeah. tournaments if, if a fully fit Robbo had uh, not. I think Gary Lineker, his... Gary Lineker has mentioned that as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. said it one of those. Oh, one, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you, you, and you consider when, you know, Brian's career started, what, 72, 73, 74, mm. and in 1990, 15 years <laughs> after he kind of made his debut for West Brom, and there's and this still, you know, 15 years later, and they're saying, we'd have won that had he been playing. You know, uh, you know when you've got players of that ilk that are talking about the influence that, that Robbo had on them as players and on the team, and said, mm. we would have probably won that had he been playing. That's... yeah. You, you can't get a better compliment than that, surely, from a fr- from a fellow pro. Um, guys, listen, I, I would honestly... Can I just say, by the way, regarding that, that longevity, um, one of my favourite trivia questions that I've actually originated by myself and not nicked is that he, he played alongside Jeff Hurst at the start of his club career and played against Patrick Vieira in his last ever match. Wow. There can't be many footballers who have done that. No, no, that's absolutely good, not. Yeah, that's a good start, that Chris. Yeah, yeah. And also, his influence was as strong at the end mm. as it was in that midpoint, as it probably was at the beginning of his career. It yeah. Never, it, it mm. never stopped. Um, do you know, what, gents? Honestly, I could go on for hours and hours and hours talking no. about Robert. Could, could I just make one, one quick one, Paul? Sorry, go on, Dave. Go on, yeah, sorry, mate. It's two quick ones, actually. Showing again about Robson, about looking after his fellow professionals. Um, Mickey Thomas, um, had a real bad problem with stomach cancer and he, he was you know close but you know thank god he's he, he got through it it was robbo who told him to go to the doctors to get it checked out and it was robbo who supported him as well so you know it's, it's it's massive in that as well so and he talks a lot about about robbo and mickey thomas he's a great bloke as well he's done a, he did a lot for rob as well but that's another that's another podcast i think there paul so oh, always absolutely it is yeah and, and also um, as well robbo with his tact he always looked after the younger players as well. There's stories about Giggsy and Sharpie saying, like, Robbo, the fullback's getting at me, he's getting at me. And he said, right, you come and play centre midfield for 10 minutes. I'll play left wing and I'll sort him out. 
And then he, he does. He said, right, he won't touch you again. You carry on. <laughs> so just brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Can uh, I, uh, can I have one last thing? I'm going to throw a grenade in here. About the go on, go on, versus chuck it in. Chuck yeah, it I'm going to throw a grenade at Robson versus Keane. I've, I've had this uh, conversation with uh, a few of the younger guys I know. And to anyone watching this, just watch Robson's goal in 82 against Notts County at Old Trafford, where he picks the ball up. Yeah. And this goes back to what Chris said about his technical ability, where he wins the ball on the edge of his own penalty area. It does a Cruyff turn, yeah. lays the ball off to Remy, continues mm. running, yeah. and and the ball's played across pitch at speed, and yeah. not flat, angular, and Arnold crosses the ball, and he's there before the ball. Yeah. And yeah. as yeah. much as I adore Keane, yeah. that's not a type of goal I can could ever see him scoring just yeah. the technical ability and the drive and the engine and then mm. the lateness of the run followed by the deft header into the top corner it's just yeah it's just you know show me a box-to-box midfielder there you go perfect yeah. perfect game for him that was yeah. yeah and what happened to him that game he got injured <laughs> he kept on running he didn't stop he kept on running he got injured but the, you, you're you're right, Mike, and 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 that that was a goal that I had in mind to mention as well because they're um, I don't know if you all follow Paul Gaskell on on Twitter, and every time Robbo comes up, he doesn't take any doesn't need any second asking to um, to put that picture up, and he used, and he said exactly the same thing: is this is this sums Robbo up from yeah. from one end to getting the ball in the play to charging mm. up the field, Arnold mm. whips it in, he just glances mm. it into the corner. That kind of sums it up. I want to ask you one last question before we before we draw a line of this. So this is to, to all three of you. Um, I'll start with you, Dave. So all-time United eleven is Robo captain, and is he wearing number seven? A silly question, that uh, is. But, yes, yes, yes. Okay, Mike is yes, Robo yes. captain of your all, and he wears number seven. And Absolutely. Chris, from a West Bromwich Albion perspective, is he the captain? Is he first choice? Uh, first choice, absolutely. Do you know he never wants Captain West Brom? Okay. Um, but I would make him honorary captain just for this occasion, mm. definitely. That's as good as any, isn't it? Because George Best would wear 11. <laughs> yes, he... Yeah. Now, that's a that's another podcast altogether, Dave. Um, <laughs> gents, I, I honestly, and I say this every week, I could, I could carry on talking about this for hours and hours. It's been mm. an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Dave, me. do you want to do, give your Twitter handle so people who want to give you a follow? They can. So, uh, yeah, what, what is my Twitter handle? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know your own Twitter handle. Right, we'll do well, you, you can see Mike's on screen. So, if you want to follow Mike at 80s Culture Fan, yeah. um, Dave, I'm just going to find yours now. And no, if you want I've got to follow, it. I've, I've oh, got go it so it's, it's at Dave United 7. Dave United 7. And you can follow Chris on on Twitter as well. And he's on there under his at with his name. So Chris Lepkowski. Um, guys, thank you so much indeed for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with thank the you. three of you. Uh, should we do this all again another time when we, because let's be honest, you can't just have one an hour on Robson and that's <laughs> no, it. No, You've no, got to carry absolutely. on. I'm, I'm up for that. Anybody yeah, going to be at Chelsea, going to be the Chelsea game on Thursday? No. No. Okay. I'll, I'll meet myself then. <laughs> Go shake your own hand, Dave. What <laughs> about Fulham? Day, about Fulham? Sunday. Yeah, I'll be at Fulham. No, I'm yeah. not there. I no, it's, it's a confession to finish with. Yeah. So I, I haven't been for years. Um, I, I was lucky. You know, I went. I was lucky enough to see them pick up the title against Blackburn in '93. 
just before that my son came along um so due to family commitments at the time mm. and work and financial um i just missed mm. all the treble year unfortunately due to having a family and being a family man unfortunately yeah, yeah fair um, enough, fair enough. so but um so when I when I found out someone's talking about the 80s and even though I'm an old man I can still remember it like it was yesterday <laughs> I was um well up for that hopefully you get up there soon then Mike yep. yes mate yeah nice one yep. gents thank you so much indeed for coming on uh, really appreciate it taking time out on a Monday night to come on and and talk Robbo for you know an hour and a quarter or whatever it's been we could honestly sit here all night but I'm sure we've all yep. got sleep we want and work to do tomorrow and everything else um so um this has been the United Before Fergie podcast um, thank you very much indeed for, for watching this evening and listening. If you're listening on the audio podcast, please subscribe to the channel. Please like, please comment, please do all that kind of stuff. Um, and we will see you um, again next week for another United Before Fergie podcast with a very special guest. Until then, Dave, thank you so much. Chris, it's been a pleasure. pleasure. Mike, thank, thank you, you as well. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Have a really Go good on, United. Week. Come on, the Reds. And we'll see you again <laughs> very, very soon. Thanks very much. Take care of yourselves. Cheers, Paul. All right. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.